Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. NBA Draft Show going live, the Barmerner Podcast Network. Zach, how are you? It's always weird before you get people in this thing. I feel like you're just awkwardly talking by yourself, Uh, um, which I can do, but, you know, it's still difficult. Well, yeah, and especially before there's actually, like, action happening. But that was important for us to set the table, you know? I mean, you're you're parenting. Um, You are... Also watching the draft, you're probably ready to fire off some tweets. I feel like you're you're doing a lot, and I just want to commend you for that. I'm coming to you live for the Mercedes-Benz Arena in an undisclosed location where Kanye and I are finish, finishing the album. Um, but what are you up to? Uh, like you said, a lot of multitasking. We got the little guy is uh, watching the cars. Uh, probably the second time this week, I think. And um, it's got a full belly, so good to go for a little bit. Now Fire it is enough. got the he's got the TV though, so I got to watch, watch on. on. Got the iPad, got the phone for the green room, and got to pull up the laptop as well. We welcome Mason Massey, uh, Barnburner Slim, to the live show as well, where I think he's joined with uh, with Jeremiah, who will be weighing in. Mason, how are you? Man, I'm doing well, doing well. Happy to be here, coming live from Memphis. Uh, I think Jeremiah just followed you, Sam, so shoot him an invite uh, when you get a chance. 
But I'm excited for tonight, man. The Grizzlies, you know, it's been a long time since we've gone into a draft, I feel like, with this much excitement um, about what could be. You know, of course, getting Ja was awesome, but that excitement was more so on the lottery night uh, when we jumped up to number two. So tonight it's just the unknown where our names popping up with all these different uh, uh, draftees and all these different trades for potential uh, already proving guys. So it's just a fun time to be a Grizzlies fan, man. And it's cool to have a front office that we believe in and, uh, you know, feel like we can trust going into draft night. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the, having a front office that you know is going to do the due diligence, you know is going to actually do the, the necessary work to draft someone. I'm not going to hate anybody we draft, um, you know, unless we draft like that Turkish dude. I'm not into that. That guy, like, will be a turnstile on defense. Invite Jeremiah. You know, the Shangun guy? I mean, I get it. You know, I get the the Shangun, Shangun, whatever. I get it. But basically, like, you know, I'm not about the the foreign guy life, um, unless it's in Luka Doncic. Jeremiah, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up? We welcome your your thoughts on your – your NBA thoughts, um, and looking forward to inviting Sue as well. Man, I just want to say I, I follow you all. Y'all are my boys. I love your show. Y'all helped me out a lot during the pandemic when there was not, not much media and me being a Grizz fanatic. I got that Grizz addiction. I got a lot of good stuff from y'all. And I like y'all were just talking about my, my guy from Turkey. I think I might be one of the few people who wouldn't be mad if the Grizzlies um got him at 10 or if they could somehow trade a couple of future picks for that Indiana pick at 13 and he'd be there. Because that guy, he, he is getting buckets. And I, I just like his uh, tenacity and um his moves, really, um his post-spin moves. And he reminds me of, um, he reminds me of Zach Randolph just because he can take it from the three-pointer, make a few moves, and get to five feet. And, you know, he's just got that touch around the rim, which I really like. He is crafty as hell. He's got a shit ton of moves. I think we could all, you know, work on our game a little bit and learn what he's got up and unders, the footwork. Sue, welcome to the show. This is the Barnburner Podcast Network live 2021 NBA draft show. Five of us on, just hanging out, talking about the picks. And having a good time. I'm myself enjoying an IPA because I'm a white guy in Colorado. That's just what happens. Super Not much. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Uh, exciting night. Exciting night uh, to see where a lot of these college players are going. And for the first time in a while, uh, where a lot of these G-leaguers, or for the first time ever, I should say, uh, a lot of these G-leaguers, where are they going to go? So uh, very exciting. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, very on brand as well, Chief uh, IPA. White guy, Colorado. Hey, I heard you guys were battling a stomach bug out in Colorado. What's going on there? It's tough. Um, it's kind of made its rounds. I've, I'm finally coming out the other end. Was glad to be able to recover before this momentous night. As we're seeing the NBA draft prospects, by the way, introduced on the ESPN broadcast, um, you know, wearing their suits. I think a lot of these guys are wising up and dressing pretty modestly because they don't want to look like assholes in 20 years when they get memed. I feel like that's important these days is to be aware of your social media presence. So that's, that's impressive. But yeah, stomach bug, no good. We're all good though. Um, we're feeling better. And uh, I don't know where that came from, but hopefully it doesn't make its way out to Chicago where you are. No, all good. So real quick though, 
to your point about the outfits, has anyone seen Jalen Green yet? I've seen what he's got going on, and I, I, I feel like his, his style mimics his playing style, right? I mean, look at this. This guy looks like he's 100% in Saturday Night Fever. Uh, he looks like he's straight up danced disco right before he came here um, and, uh, and is along with John Travolta. I, I mean, he's got Filipino apparently in his family, uh, which I think is really cool as well. And apparently plans to play for the Filipino like national Olympic team. So that's really cool to hear. Um, but that guy, look at this outfit. It's unbelievable stuff. Swag out, baby. Swag out, man. That is how you do it. You only live draft night once. I mean, so, no one's going to top T-Max, like, suit pants, which were basically three cubic feet wide. Now, was that was that at draft night, or was that, like, No, when that was, was just, NBA's... like, him on an NBA broadcast. Okay. Yeah, which is still an incredible fit. I mean, just an incredible fit. Jalen Johnson, <laughs> wondering whether he's going to go 10 or 30, because um, he really could go anywhere. A lot of people call this guy a quitter because he quit. But, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. How, how are you feeling about Jalen Johnson? I like Jalen Johnson, freak athlete. Uh, I think he's a first rounder in our in our mock draft. I think he went first round. Uh, I personally don't think he quit. And funny enough, it comes on the heels of, or he's brought up again on the heels of the Simone Biles uh, topic that we've been discussing quite a bit as well. I don't think he quit. I think he just did what he, he thought was best for himself. Uh, whether or not that's the case in terms of where he gets drafted. We'll see. I'm curious to know, though, how much do you think that decision impacted the, uh, where his fluctuation is? I mean, or do you think it's strictly just what he's shown in the combine and, and workout stuff? I think a lot. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are questioning his work ethic from that, you know, rightly or wrongly. I don't know. Um, Kaminga, another guy that people question, you know, how much he wants it, how much he wants to develop, how much he loves the game, or how much just his natural talent, he's just playing it, um, you know, which is the hard part with all this. Uh, so I don't really, I don't know. I don't want to like dive into what it, it's tough for me to like question people's work ethics, like with, with such little knowledge, um, even though I think it's a really important part of this analysis. Also, Davion Mitchell's dad looks awesome. I already love this guy. Um, wouldn't mind him showing up in a crazy uniforms to have Davion Mitchell's dad and team Moran on the sidelines. Uh, we, we are also, we are four of us Grizzlies fans, myself, Sam, Jeremiah, Mason, and Zach. Sub is originally, from the Northeast, also featured on Theater and College Hoops on the Barnburner Podcast Network, and is obviously a Celtics fan. Sue, what are the Celtics going to do in this draft? you got, like, what, a second rounder, but not much else going on. You guys going to yeah. try to trade Romeo Langford again? <laughs> it's it's funny. Past couple of years, we've had a plethora of picks, and it's it's essentially become the – Danny's become the butt of the jokes. Stock – or was the butt of the jokes. He's no longer a player. Uh, but past couple of years in the draft, you have a bunch of lottery picks, a bunch of first-round picks. But now they're just sitting at 45. And you know what? I love it. It's a very stress-free day. I don't have to do a ton of analytics. You know who I do want, though, at 45? I want Jeremiah Robinson Earl because every Villanova player in the league, for the most part, is good. Now, they're not great, but they're really good. And if you can get really good or good at 45, I'm happy. Uh, and it might be, look, I don't want to, I don't want to be done with Grant Williams just yet, but his time may be approaching. So get me Jeremiah Robinson Rowland. What about your boy, Marcus Smart? Is he a guy that stays on this, this team past this year or is he going to be dealt? I love Marcus. The, the roller coaster that is Marcus Smart, you just got to, 
you really just have to appreciate it and understand that's what you're going to get from him. So when he jacks up a three after hitting two in a row to completely kill momentum, that's just what's going to happen with Marcus Smart. But he's also going to make a crazy defensive play or a crazy defensive effort. In terms of if I think he's gone, I don't know. Uh, I'd be fine with packaging him for pretty much anyone. Uh, Obviously, they'd have to be pretty good. Uh, But I'm hearing now Bleacher Report, someone else tweeted out, Shams might have saying that Brad Beal has no interest leaving Washington, and that's been the big guy that I've had my eye on uh, monitoring that situation. So in terms of where Mark – I mean, obviously I'd be fine with packaging Marcus for a Bradley Beal. But, I mean, if it makes the team better – Marcus isn't untouchable. I've said the Jays are untouchable, less so Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, untouchable. Man, you sound like a Danny Ainge for like the last eight years. Like, we're monitoring the situation. (laughs) 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 Make a move. Hey, man, you're right. You're right. We got to give something to to the Wizards. But, I mean, it sounds like Brad Beal's happy with – with what's going on, even though he just lost uh, Russ. You know, I, that that could just be a way of, you know, him saying that, but, like, the Wizards are going to trade him anyway. Uh, so it's kind of like one one final nod to the D.C. fan base, you know? Like, hey, I'm not asking for this trade, but they're going to trade me anyway. Uh, similar to Mike Conley with the Grizzlies. Um, so th- that's kind of what I took from it. But, I mean, maybe he is happy living in the city that he likes and, uh, you know, being on a team that's fighting for the eighth seed every year in the Eastern Conference. I'll tell you what, man. If if he does stick around and the Wizards keep him and he's come out and said, like, yeah, I wanted to stick around, I don't want to see shit about free Bradley Beal, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, wh- if the Wizards start to stink within the first two to three weeks or just terrible – I don't want to see anything saying like, "Oh, I feel bad for Brad Beal." Uh, uh-uh. he he opted into this. Yeah, he's he's had his chances, man. Just just say you want to trade. He seems like really doesn't want to be the guy that asks for trade. Maybe because like he's on social media, you know, like he doesn't want to be presented as like because AD got just smashed because he was kind of like, how does agent do it? You know, he had clutch do it. The clutch fam yeah. came in and and, and, and we're bailed him the out of there. Thing with Dame too. Man, I don't know what's going on. Him and True Hoops are trading knives on social media right now. And please I really be careful. Yeah, man. I'm, like, just trying to stay out of there. Someone's going to be fucking full of shit, though. Like, either troops, there's no truth to it at all. Dame's a Portland trailblazer for life, or he's traded. And people just retweet those tweets for, like, seven days. Yeah, but I mean, what what I don't believe is that Dame said he would give money back. I mean, I don't think any athlete is saying that in, to, in today's oh, day and age. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know why you would even come out and say that. Maybe that's ultimately what happens. But Adam Silver took the stage. And by the way, I am not checking Woj bombs right now. Um, I'm trying to watch this live for, for better or for worse and not understand who's going to be picked and also not understand trades. Um, as they happen. So, uh, you know, feel free to you guys do what you want, but that's, that's my viewing experience right now. Same. Um, just thank you for reminding me to, um, to keep up on the road. Um, I definitely got to see some, see these trades happen. Hey man, I, I, I usually do that too. I love this Bucks fan too. Um, I gotta say the fans of the draft, how do you, you just buy a ticket to it and use you're in, you're in New York. And is it like a, what's the ticket cost for this sort of thing? Is it hard to get in? I don't know. Anyone know? I haven't even thought about that. 
That's a good question. I guess for me, it's just I've had zero. I've never had a real desire to like go to an NBA draft. Yeah, yeah I, I would if I that fun. I, I think it'd be like really long, and I assume you could pay for overpriced beers. But really, you're not even getting the coverage. Well, I guess you're getting the guys there in the arena. Um, Cade Cunningham is supposed to go number one. Detroit has said apparently Jalen Green two, Evan Nobley. Three to the Cavs, assuming the Grizzlies don't trade up. Let's talk about how this draft, no one knows what the hell is going on. It really, like, it seems like past those three, even if those are the three, no one knows who's going to pick where, what the Raptors are going to do at four. Magic have got two picks. Does Scotty Barnes go five? Does he slide down? It, it's a absolute maniac of a situation, which I love. It creates, like, great drama or theater, as, as Sue would say. What, what is some stuff you guys would like to see in this draft? As, as we're about to kick off here. A trade-up for their number one pick right now. Let's see it. <laughs> Let's Grizzlies trade-up. <laughs> what would you be willing to give up for Kate Cunningham? Oh. If, you, if you're like every, All those future, every single future first-round pick. Is everything but Ja? You, the answer? It is, you, is, I'd it, give Utah, I mean, yeah, all those picks, Utah, Golden State, the Lakers pick, future firsts of our own. Yeah, probably. I mean, probably everything but job. I'm, um, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, Jaron, especially I mean, because the Jaron contract situation, where it's kind of like, are we going to end up overpaying for someone that's not going to produce to that level? Where you, as you know, you got Cade locked in at like, you know what you're going to be paying at least for the next what is it, four years for the – or eight – yeah, four to eight, I guess, depending on, like – yeah, he would be probably maxed out because he'll – it's more likely to produce from projections than, like, what Jaron has actually ended up doing. Jeremiah, how do you feel about Jaron? Are you still riding? Are you like, wait a minute, this guy's hurt all the time and didn't look that great? Or what's – you know, what's your stance on Jaron as his contract year approaches? I'm still riding with Jaron. Um, I think they should let him have a contract here and not give him the early extension, but, you know, wait until – and, like, evaluate his playing. And, I, I mean, I really think um, we just give it a year. Like, we don't we don't make a trade this year. Um, we, I mean, if he's not performing well, you know – you still have um, amount amount of time to the trade deadline to make something happen, but I mean, I will keep him this year. I wouldn't trade him. Um, I mean, maybe straight up, but um, I think he could be. I think he could be the most improved player um, if he comes out and plays like he did at the end, uh, right before he got hurt. Man, the bubbles, Jared. That's what you're talking about. Like that that tantalizing twenty five points per game. Right. The guy who was who was just driving to the paint and yamming on whoever was in his way. I mean, that was the guy that we want to see bombing threes. And, and it's, yeah, I mean, if he puts it all together, then he's like could be better than Ja. That's the that's the that's the ceiling. It will be real interesting to see because um, he has shown flashes of an uh, inside game, um, a twelve foot a twelve twelve foot range, um, you know, hooks and like in his rookie season. And without Jonas being in the middle, it will be interesting to see what he can do and what he will do. And, I mean, his first year he had Marcus Gasol. So, I mean, he's going to be the guy down there. So, 
He's going to have a chance. What, sorry. So for those like watching and listening to the draft, one of my favorite things every year are the Billis comps. I think we all have experienced some really good ones. Love uh, Billis so comps. Keep, keeping your eyes out for buzzwords like wingspan. wingspan. <laughs> Drink every time he says wingspan. Wingspan's a good good uh, part of the what, drinking bingo. What about and motor? As he comps every motor, I want to see <laughs> every white guy comp to another Thomas. white guy. Uh-huh. No, Dude. no exceptions. Corey Kispert. Who's Corey Kispert going to be comp to? Oh, dude, Gordon Hayward. No, no, no. You know the answer to this question. He plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, Joe. <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here. That's so true. They're both from Washington too. That's a great oh, that's point. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's that's just. I mean, right now, Buless is like just powdering his hands like LeBron before a 2004 Cavs game, ready to break out that comp. Look at him. He's got some stubble too. You guys know my history with Buless. I'm not going to go into it here, but just know. That Billis and I have issues. Um, you have Billis beef, would you say? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, so we are, just to bring everyone back in, we are the 2021 NBA Draft Show in the Barburner Podcast Network. You can check out the Backdoor Cut Show and Theater and College Hoops, wherever you find your podcasts. I am joined by Zach, Jeremiah, and Sue. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys. I think we're only going to talk about the lottery. So they're only going to do the 14 picks. Um, unless we're just, you know, unless I drink the second beer and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to ride this guy out. Can we can we take a moment to appreciate that we got Big Perk on on the broadcast? Thank God. I, I I say that somewhat sarcastically. I do love Kendrick Perkins just because of his outrageous analogies and his tweets ending and carry the hell on. Like I get the 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 dumbest grin on my face when he just says carry the hell on or like God bless America. I hope he drops stuff. one of the. I hope he like gives me a verbal tweet, like after after one of these picks. Carry the hell on. He did you see he comped Cade Cunningham to like LeBron best guard since Braun? That's amazing. Perimeter Think player since Braun or something like that. He's gonna ride. He's gonna ride with that too. And he's like really good about sneaking out of the Twitter bushes, like we all. Are. I mean, hell, I'm I'm the same way. Like when I'm right, I'm like, hey, remember this. And when I'm wrong, you just like shrink right back in, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> That's a very Gary Parish move right there. I've never heard someone be more right on Twitter because he makes damn sure that you know when he is right. Gary Parish is a local Memphis guy. I don't know if you know you know Parish. Oh, he, I know Parish. Okay, good. Yeah, national college basketball guy. I got to this point, so he's right in your purview. Kate Cunningham, pick is in. Looks like going number one. Not surprising. He has a uh, daughter. He had when he was sixteen, by the way, um, which I didn't realize. I think is. Pretty cool to see these guys come in. Ja has a young daughter as well. Um, I mean, this is not a surprise. This is already announced. Woach broke this earlier. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this guy seems like he's going to be really good. Uh, and But a lot of these guys that talk about him are like not super excited about it. They're like, yeah, he's going to be good. But there's also a chance that someone else in this draft is better. I know that's like the most generic statement ever. But um, incredible shooter. And seems like a great facilitator. Seems like a great kid. What do you think Detroit looks like next year? Is this like let's make the play-in tournament, fuck around, and try to get the eight seed, or are they going to be terrible? Like, what can K do for this Detroit squad? I think I think it really relies on Killian Hayes, man, because Isaiah Washington, what's his name, Isaiah Stewart, excuse me, 
Isaiah Stewart from Washington. They call was, him Beef Stew, by the way. They call him what? Beef Stew. Oh, that's such a good nickname. Beef Stew. I knew you would like that. Yeah. I love it, man. That's, I mean, very apt, too. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, though, all rookie team. And then who, who's, who's the other guy that they got? Uh, the Nova guy, Sadiq, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Yeah. Thank you. So those two guys really played well last year. It, re- it it's going to come down to Killian Hayes, who I think a lot of people kind of saw as a disappointment. I think they Wait took him at seven. They just comped they? him to Luke. They just comped Kate Gunning and Luka Doncic. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that, it started, I, I, that, I think a lot of that's because they're not like the fleetest of foot, but great passing, very tall. Don't yeah, justify this, dude. Luka is an, a first-team All-NBA guy in like year two. Like, that's insane. Uh, hey, P- Perk said today that Cade Cunningham is the best perimeter prospect since LeBron James. So, uh, some yeah, that's what Subi was saying though. earlier. Yeah. So, um, the, I mean, the Luka comp still yeah. isn't as outrageous as that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, I got some Detroit fans here down from the Motor City. Um, good for them. They look very excited. They deserve this. I was going to say, so what do you, I want your guys' feedback and input on this. Detroit is an interesting, it's a weird team because they've obviously been mediocre and they were terrible last year, but they made the playoffs like two years ago, two, three years ago, got washed by Giannis and the Bucks, but Blake was also hurt. It's not like these guys have been thirsting for a postseason berth. They just need to get to that top four, top five. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, it seems like Cade is that guy that's going to give him that juice. I mean, the city of Detroit is looking for some juice, even between, like, the Tigers, the Red Wings, the Pistons here. Like, they have a lot to be excited about, I think. Do you think Cade's the guy to make an immediate impact and, like you said, maybe get him to a playing game? I think it's definitely the hope with number one pick. You get a guy like Cade who's potentially could be an all-star in year two, and you get you get a – a person you could put on your banner, a marketable piece for the team too. I mean, that's exactly what you want. You got to get the guy, like a, a Jason Tatum, in, with your team or a John Moran in our team, and then and build from there. I think Cade's who you build around. Man, I think they're I think they're a different team with him. Um, just some of the pieces they have already are Jeremy Grant, um, Isaiah Stewart was was really good. I agree with them. Who said that? Who said that? Tehran. Zub. 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 Sorry, man. I got to get your name right. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. It's Zub. But, yeah, man, I like their team. Um, He's a a game changer for their team. Um, You know, one of those guys who's going to come in and be the, you know, Anthony Edwards of their team. Um, But, um, you know, it might take them some time, but – you know, I could see them on that same level as Minnesota, which is not very good, I mean, honestly. But Minnesota looks like a scary team. And, you know, they suck for another year. Detroit does. And, you know, they get another guy. But, you know, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, and you're right, Killian Hayes, if he can be somebody. But I love this Sadiq Bay guy. I had him on my fantasy basketball team at the at the end of the season. And he started to ball out. I mean, he can can make four threes for you. Yeah, he's a player. A lot of talent uh, for the pit. Really wouldn't be surprised if you told me that they were competitive this year. Wouldn't be surprised. Also, wouldn't be surprised if they picked up another top three pick. Uh, pick is in for the Rockets. 
everyone thinks it's going to be Jalen Green, but obviously the big question was, is Mobley more talented than Green? But all these dudes have fallen in love with Green through this trap process because of shot making and like athleticism. But a lot of people talk about Mobley like, man, you just saw what Aiden did. You saw what Giannis did. You look at Embiid, and they're talking about Mobley as that kind of level guy. What, what do you guys – would you take Green or Mobley if you're the Rockets? Uh, I'm taking Green in today's NBA just because um, his position is um, – the shooting guard position, it might be the most rare position to have an all-star in. I mean, a true shooting guard – um, who's six six? You know that's that's just a prototype um, skill set with the body. Um, he's he can be that player. I mean, you see Devin Booker's one of them. Um, you don't have very many um, playmaking shooting guards who take it to that All Star level. That's a good point, Jeremiah and Adam Silver at the podium about to announce Jalen Green. Uh, as expected, going number two to the Rockets. To what a quick process for the Rockets, man! Like if you think about, it, they just traded Harden like seven months ago, and now they literally have you know maybe a replacement, you know, a, a potential All NBA guard, scoring guard, um, with a Christian Wood kind of core. It's uh, could have been a Memphis Tiger though. Just want to shout out, fuck the Ignite team for coming in, paying him right off Mundrus. Literally, we would have been able to get him. But anyway, that's it's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, like like Rich said in the mock draft, they created the this G League Ignite team for Jalen Green. So if he would have played college ball, I think he would have probably been the number one pick. Uh, I think so, too. I, I, mean, I, think, I think he's got tremendous upside. He's, he showed that he could score against grown men um, in this G League, you know, and that's the big thing that people always say about the overseas guys. Well, um, I, I say the G League guys are just as good as those pros overseas, if not better. So, uh, great learning experience for someone so young. And I mean, just look at his body; he's skinny, but it looks like he's got room to fill out. And he just looks like he's going to be CBG for the rest of his career. You love yeah. the Levine comparison. I feel like that's pretty accurate. I like that one. I, I, I think that's not just a like he scores and he's a two guard kind of comparison. Their games are very similar. Like you, they're very much above the rim finishers too. Uh, I mean, Jalen might be ahead of schedule. Levine took a little bit to develop, but I like that comp. Did you see your boy Jaw tweeted? Said, H-Town, take care of a little bro at Jalen Green. I, did they have a relationship? Are they friends? Jaw just recruiting them to Memphis, bro. <laughs> <laughs> not even two minutes. Not even two minutes as a rocket. I, good. I respect the hustle. Well, no, he was recruiting yeah, uh, the Memphis Tigers, uh, but he's also uh, recruiting them to the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. Jaw's like a big advocate of of the, the Tigers, Penny has him around the team and, you know, is playing that game wisely. That's good. Not the suit, man. That's That really is incredible stuff. It appears that the uh, Russell Westbrook trade to the Los Angeles Lakers has been confirmed, and it's happening. Um, so I know some of you guys are staying off Twitter, but that's what's going on in the Twitterverse. Westbrook to the Lakers for uh, KCP, Kuzma, Montrez and the number 22 pick tonight, and the Lakers will get in return two second-round picks on down the line. Cleveland on the clock, um, three minutes left, pick three. A lot of people think Mobley. Lakers, Westbrook heading back home to L.A., where he's from, the, the Los Angeles area. Um, also went to college at UCLA, so a lot of history in that area. But does this make sense? I mean, Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis – 
you got to have two shooters, I guess. But like, gave away one of your shooters to KCP, and kind of one of your bench guys in Kuzma. I don't know about this. Um, other than just like LeBron window, we got to do shit. What do we think about this Westbrook deal? I mean, you already know I'm a big fan. Those are two of my two of the highest boys on my my boy team, LeBron and Russ. Uh, Man, I love Russ, Russ too. Someone. I'm just saying, I don't know about the fit. Yeah, well, I mean, we just saw, and granted, Giannis was surrounded with spacing, but we just saw him drop 50 in a closeout game of the NBA Finals without uh, hitting a three. You know, so uh, it's it can work, and it's not that uh, different than I. D-Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh, I don't think, because AD does have the ability to stretch out. You probably have to slide him to the five uh, and not start, you know, Mark Gasol or Andre Drummond down there now just because you will need some extra spacing, but maybe not in the regular season. I mean, I'm a fan of getting the talent and just making it work, and I think that group can do it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Wait, what, what would you learn here? I guess he's probably announcing the West. Yeah, he's just confirming it. God, man, fucking Twitter. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm basically like, you guys are in tomorrow. Um, pick is in, though, for Cleveland. Excited to see what they do. A lot of people think Mobley and, and Woj basically recorded that. But uh, it's, hey, for- it's, it's still the Cavs, though. It's still Cleveland. They still might mess this up. They might still like Anthony Bennett. <sighs> Anthony Bennett. I mean, Colin Sexton was a good pick, but looks like his time might be dwindling there. I just, I, I just, I'm so tired, so tired of Cleveland getting lottery picks all the time and then just torpedoing these young, promising careers. You've got to either them... have LeBron enter in the finals or they get lottery picks, it's like top three picks. That's what they do. They either have LeBron or they're picking like one or three. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it is frustrating. It's terrible. Yeah, they took Mobley. So yeah, I'm ready for the next. The next pick. <laughs> no, no, I, I, think. I might be ahead of you on the TV. Yeah, I think I think you are. I think I'm, I'm watching on Sling TV. Shout out, uh, which is uh, of course an OTT provider, which means they're about 25 seconds behind. You know, you guys on cable. Yeah, I'll stop. I'm probably going to the cat. Is not uh, cable capable. Which I didn't even know that was a thing. It's ridiculous. So I'm in the same boat. What? I'm not using Sling TV. I'll be this group. I'll get you a promo code, bro. Yeah, you just break it all. Just spend like 17 hours of screen time. Um, you check your <laughs> iPhone. Evan Mobley, nah. USC, big. Everyone talks about that. I've watched a lot of film on this guy. Not a lot. I mean, not like, not like it's my job. But like 25 minutes of Evan Mobley film. And... I really see a lot of Jaron Jackson, like with a little bit less shooting. But Evan Mobley, you know what he doesn't do? Fucking foul. He like guards without fouling and defends five positions without fouling. And man, staying on the court, I've realized it's like what either because you're healthy or you don't foul is maybe the first name of the game when you're a lottery pick. I think USC led the country. It's either field goal percentage or uh, twos led up, but obviously like. Underneath the three-point line, USC was the best defense in the country, and it was because of this guy, Evan Mobley. Look at that. Look at that. I mean, moving he, his feet, rebounding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he controls the paint. 
he led them in pretty much every statistical category. And obviously I'm going to put on for my Pac-12 guys. We saw one have an emergence and blossom in the postseason in DeAndre Ayton. Let's see what Evan Mobley can do. And he, I mean, you want to talk about reigniting a, a franchise. He's going to have to do that uh, in Cleveland. I think him and Darius Garland, who knows if Sexton's part of the equation, but Darius Garland is a ball player as well. Him, Garland, maybe a little little bit more production from Chetty Osman. I think I'm forgetting some other uh, key guys there in Cleveland, but new guard, right? Garland and him are probably going to be the two guys to lead. Probably so. Reports of them shopping Sexton. You know, I, that's cool for the, for Cleveland. I think he's a great player. I think he fits with what they got. You know, it's the combination of upside and fit. Um but yeah, I mean, I like obviously drafting a big in modern NBA as Jeremiah talked about earlier. Like he'd take Green too. It is like a concern. You you know he's he either becomes an All NBA guy, uh, or he's like getting a ten million dollar contract in year five from the Nets or something. You know, it's just a weird it's a weird league these days. But now I'm ready to hope shit gets fucked up, man. Like pick number four. I want to yeah. see what happens. I want some weird stuff to happen. So far, it's proceeded business as usual. This is not the draft I signed up for. I thought. We're going to have just absolute chaos, and I haven't seen it yet. Zach, you've been kind of quiet. Are you parenting, or are you just not have any takes? Must be parenting. <laughs> he must be parenting. I, I think I think it's about to get wacky, man. Uh, what do you like? What's your best Grizz possibility? Obviously, the Grizz sitting currently at the tenth pick and actively trying to move up in the draft. A lot of people think they're targeting Franz Wagner, who I absolutely love. I love Moses Moody as well. What do you like to see, Mason, from the Grizz? Man, you're going to hate this, uh, but when I was GM of the Orlando Magic in our mock draft, I fell in love with Kaminga, uh, which is a weird thing because he's still so raw. But I, I just like what I saw from him in the in the games that I was able to watch. Uh, I just think he, I think he can be that guy. I really do. He's been away from his parents for like five or six years now, so he's been out here grinding on his own, trying to make a way. Um, and I, I think the – what did Michael Jordan say that one time? The roof is the ceiling. I think the roof is the ceiling. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, Kaminga's obviously, like, could be – we could look back and laugh the fact that he's taken where he was and not number one. Um, you know, for the guys that have, like, this high upside, like, that are athletic freaks and just super incredible possible ceiling guys, I always try to look for – like work ethic because the hope is right. If they have a good work ethic, then they're going to reach that ceiling. But if they don't, then they won't. You know, that makes sense. I guess it's like what you look for when you're hiring an employee or drafting a player. I just don't know anything about Kamingo. Like I don't, I can't, I can't tap into that element of his, um, but he well, sounded I mean, good on that Schmidt. You know, that sh- yeah. I mean like, go ahead. I, I don't know. As an 18 year old, he went and played against grown men. So he didn't run from competition. And I feel like he, he more than held his own in that G league bubble. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's I think he's here for it. Yeah, that's that's what I look for. Obviously, the, everyone that interviews him and, and has the details on him would know more about that. So, like, if, if the Grizzlies draft him, I'm not going to hate him. I'm going to be like, they must know this kid's ready to, like, come play with John, be a, a force. Um, 18 years old, I, 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 I like it. I mean, I, I like the upside swing, too. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't really hate any player. Jeremiah, who would you like but, to see the Grizz draft? Um, if or move up or take a ten or who you like, I know you said you like Giddy, and you like Sangoon too. Um, I, I'll be—I mean, I think I'll be happy with any of these guys um, if they can get um, the Moses Moody guy. 
if he falls there, take him. If if Kaminga falls there and they take him, I'll be happy with that. I think I would be a little skeptical about Giddy just because of his shot, and I just I want someone who can um, play wow. with John Moran. Yeah, I think we got our first surprise way, of the evening. Scotty Barnes selected at four. Scotty Barnes. Two, the Toronto Raptors, surprising everyone, of course, thought that Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs was going to go. Jalen Suggs standing. Go ahead, Scotty Barnes. This is what you've been waiting on. I'm, I'm just saying, right now we see Suggs falling. What we need is a Grizzlies trade-up to get Suggs, because I need a job rant Suggs backcourt. Okay, I'm talking about a trade-up, like trade the farm. Can I ask what makes you believe in that backcourt pairing? Because I, I just I haven't been able to see it so far. I've been trying to all day, and I just can't see it working. Defensively is my main concern. The the concern is it's like undersized, right? You got a one. And I think Suggs is a lot of people talk about his ability on the ball and his future as a starting point guard in the NBA. I really feel that he's like a, a better-suited off-guard. I, I, I compare him almost to an Avery Bradley in terms of position, like better suited as an off guard, a real disruptor on the defensive end with just more gamesmanship. And, you know, obviously you hope his, his offensive ceiling is higher than Avery Bradley, but I just think he he plays bigger than he is. Good wingspan. So I think he is 6'4", could play with Jot 6'3". And this fucking guy is tough as hell, man. Like, I, I don't like I get swayed by tournament performance, and, and Sue probably does too, but, like, when he hit that shot – um, to send him to the national championship game and stood up on the scores table. It's like an iconic March Madness moment. Like you just know this kid's here for it. So I think, I think Suggs is going to reach his ceiling, whatever that is, which a lot of people think is a multi-time all-star. And so I think he's just as sure a thing as you can get. Um, and I think him and Jabba get along. It seemed to like have chips on their shoulder. I think that matters like for this team that has a lot of camaraderie like the Grizzlies do, but you're right. They'd be undersized. You just have to have make, the, the wing position's really long, you know, switchable. You have to have, like, a lot of Moses Moody types, you know, a lot of wingspan, a lot of Kyle Anderson types um, to survive that. I am shocked at this pick, by the way, gentlemen. Shocked. People thought, hate Scotty. Yeah, I don't well, like well, Scotty Barnes. I don't, I don't think Scotty Barnes is going to be a, a game changer. I think this is a huge reach, especially with a guy like J- Jalen Suggs on the board. I mean, I don't know what else Jalen Suggs could have done. I think Jalen Suggs is a is worthy of the number one overall pick. I cannot say the same thing about Scotty Barnes, and I think Toronto. I mean, what's the difference between him and and like OG Ananobi? Yeah, I mean, like I I don't I like Barnes, but I because I because I know he, everything. Like look at this checklist. He he has everything except shooting, and I know a lot of people talk like, well, that's like the most important thing, and it is, but. I, I, all the reports on Scotty, like a lot, I don't know about Kaminga, right? But all the reports on Scotty is he's like a, has a psycho work ethic and is an incredible teammate. And so I think guys like that will develop those skills they're lacking in. Um, so you, you, you're hoping you get a guy that defends like all five positions, is a leader. That's the hope, right? Like, and you're hoping you could develop shooting. And honestly, in Toronto, that's not a bad, not a bad place to be in terms of development, right? Like, Masai, history of development. Like a lot of leadership there. If they don't blow it up, I think they're hoping to still be good. It seems like, like they should. Yeah, I mean that that should be the expectation. Also, if the Magic takes Suggs, I'm gonna lo- start loving all the Magic, man. Them or him, uh, Cole Anthony, they'll be fun. RJ Hampton, I might be a Magic guy. That might be my cheat. Team. See, I, I don't want. 
Suggs to like ruin his career <laughs> right like, down God, there in Orlando. I feel like Scotty Barnes has got to be like the happiest man on earth right Fuck now. Yeah. He's going to Toronto instead of the Magic. Like that's a major upgrade. Better city, uh, better fan base, better everything, better d- player development history. Like c- good for Scotty Barnes. Hell yeah! And Suggs is like. Man, maybe I can go down there. But I mean, look, you know, I know you don't draft based on what you got, but Orlando just drafted Cole Anthony. Obviously, Suggs like way better, we think. Um, and then they have like, um, uh, fuck, Markel Fultz. It's, like they have a lot of guards there. Um, and Scotty Barnes is a perfect Magic pick. Like a, a super super versatile wing can't shoot. I mean, he's like that's what they do down there. I think um, Scotty Barnes um, really. Um, helps Toronto Raptors with what he brings to, um, to that team. I mean, he's like a defensive guy, could pass. I mean, they still have Van Fleet. They were in the playoffs um, two years ago. They, you know, they hadn't missed the playoffs for a while. But him with Siakam and Van Fleet, he's just another big wing, big guy who can defend multiple positions, and um, they have a chance to get back in the playoffs, I think, in the East, Toronto does. Yeah, I think they run it back. I agree. I hope they do. Uh, I like Toronto when they're competitive. And I don't know—is Lowry going to leave for sure? Or are we sure he doesn't re-sign in Toronto and just like finish his career there? I don't. I don't know. It's always been like that's not talked about enough. And I don't know what their intention is. Fucking, if the Grizzlies ever do anything, man, they need to trade it, everything to get to five right now. Um, I need Suggs on this team. They won't. That's, that's they what should. I'm saying, man. Suggs. Suggs is just the bell of the ball at this moment. What are you trading I for think. Suggs? I'm trading. If we're getting Suggs, I'm willing to part with Tyus, um, DeAnthony, and, you know, like three of those future first-round picks. Uh, three, four, six, I don't care. Like, I mean, you need a guy now to, like – Because he can – he can be an off-ball scorer, but he can also run the offense. And when John Morant's not playing, you know they don't always have to play at the same time. But he would be, he would fit good as a two guard. And then you have Dylan, who you assign to the best player on defense. So I mean, you know, I don't hate it. I was um, talking about it, talking with Mason about it earlier. I think. Yeah, this is, this is the moment you sell the farm, man. Like he falls a spot below Magic, not the most. Stable franchise. They got two picks. You're at 10. You know, I, you try to take a swing. You get your guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Magic have a ton of guards, but Suggs is the best player. You got to take him, right? Got to take him. You got to take him. And they should. Sorry? I mean, who's to say they couldn't? They couldn't. You can still trade them make trades. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what. It was beaten into our brains during all of last season and the NCAA tournament that Jalen Suggs was also an awesome football player. That will carry over into the NBA. Absolutely. (laughs) I don't know when that's going to become, like, a common knowledge. It should be already. Here we go. Yeah. We're already getting getting a repeat. Yeah, Mr. Bass, is he Mr. Bass already Bass a better football high school football player than Allen Iverson, or is that does that come in like five years? That's when he's like in the playoffs, and they we see that after every commercial break. Yep, that comp of they're like they're they're both quarterbacks, so we'll probably see their completion percentages, and we'll, we'll dig out 
Allen Iverson's high school stats from the 90s. And then also as uh, – who's the UConn player? Paige, Paige Beckers. As she continues to grow and become a great WNBA player, people are always going to say, well, did you remember that uh, Beckers and, and Suggs were good friends in Minnesota high school? Which they were. I mean, there's something in that water, clearly. But okay. uh, just get ready for those comps. Sam, what an unbelievable ca- luck up for here? the Magic, have, huh? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, have you caught up here? No, I maybe no. Yeah, I mean the Magic. You, they, you got to think they're going to be active in trade talks just because they have so many guards. I mean, in theory, you could go into the season and let them battle it out, but I, I mean, you got like five or six young guys who all play the same position. They're going to be fun as hell, though. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I love watching Cole play. I like Mark Kelly's found a little bit of a resurrection there. I'm excited for Jalen Suggs, man. This is this could be a culture changer. It like, is. I think it automatically is. Jalen's awesome, yeah. But someone who who's just a winner, tough as nails. I mean, that, that's what I'm looking at. I mean, toughness. You talk about buzzwords. I'm using one right now. I think I think that's Jalen Suggs to a T. That shot is still so awesome. I'm sorry. That shot gives me chills. It's incredible stuff. Suggs came in tonight being like, hell yeah, I'm going to Toronto, one of the, like, most badass metropolitan areas in terms of, like, you could drink at 18, do whatever the hell you want. Like, you're making some money in Toronto, fucking awesome place to live. And now he's going to Orlando, uh, Florida, which is, I don't know. I mean, like, we're we're Memphis fans, so I'm not going to be like, hey, small market, but, you know. I feel like that's probably not what you're dreaming of on your draft night for Jalen Suggs is that you drop a spot and go to like a completely different city um, after doing what he did in the NCAA tournament. But Magic or you know, the league's good when the Magic are good. They obviously have like a, a weirdly storied history, way more storied than the Grizzlies. I mean, you know, obviously have been in the finals a couple times and, um, you know, had those, just the unis last forever, like the Penny Shack stuff. We're uniquely familiar with it, but I feel like just people are familiar with it. And yeah, I mean, stuff. The, you know, the Magic as a young franchise drafted Shaq, and the Grizzlies drafted fucking Hashim to beat. So <laughs> uh, you get what you pay for, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I just think it's probably tough from Sugg's point of view, but I really think that if they hold on to him, I, I think that the Magic are just right back in the picture pretty automatically. Because, like Subi said, he does change the culture. I mean. Just like he's just that kind of kid. Well, I think it'll be fun to see the Magic turn around on the back of guards, right? We've seen how great they were with Shaq. Obviously, Penny was there too, but greatness with Shaq, greatness with Dwight Howard. I mean, those two are on the Mount Rushmore probably of uh, all-time Magic players, right? I think the three that first come to mind are Shaq, Penny, Dwight, but to see the guard play now potentially turn them around and maybe – and they're another team. These guys were the eight seed two years ago and lost to the Raptors, right? So they're not super far away. Obviously, they had Fournier, they had Aaron Gordon, who are no longer there. But I mean, if you're a Magic fan, it's not like it's not like you're it's not like you're a Rockets fan. Rockets still have a ton of work to do. I think the Cavs still have a decent amount of work to do. These guys have shown that you know, with some of the core players remaining, they can make a little bit of a 
Yeah, and they even had another big Vucevic too. So three bigs probably in like yep. the top seven all time. Good point. Um, but so OKC so, on the yeah. clock, a minute, eighteen seconds on my broadcast. A lot of people talk about how they they're really liking Book Knight, the the All Star shooting guard from UConn, and the Dan Hurley school of thought, which means like scream and be awesome. Do they take Book Knight at six? You know, what do, what do the Thunder do here? I mean. I think they take Kaminga, honestly. I'm just going to guess that, not having seen a not seen a Woj tweet or nothing. Because, like, Sam Presti loves a big swing, man. Russell Westbrook was a big swing in 2008. Let's have some synergy here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone has any idea what OKC is going to do. They they play close to the vest a lot. Like, uh, I mean, Toronto had you – know, everybody had them pegged for subs the entire, like, last month. Um, so, you know, Masai Ujiri just – I guess he, he played coy on that the whole time. But this is where the draft can get interesting. The top five went as planned. Uh, you know, Suggs went five instead of four, but the top five were basically went as planned. And now I think six through ten is a crapshoot. There's a group of players that everyone has in that range, but I don't think anyone knows how, what order those players are going to go. I mean, Giddy's been heard. rising up. OKC is good to draft a goofy-looking white guy, so – uh, Gideon Poku, who knows? Wait a minute. I don't think Gideon Gooby looking at all. I think he's actually a pretty handsome Australian guy. But we'll get into the, that in a second. All white guys I, are goofy I think looking. That, <laughs> all right. You know, I, I, I mean, I am. But, like, you know, I'm not willing to, like, stand on a pedestal and say that. So there's a top ten, apparently, is what everyone says. And there's this cliff. Ending with Giddy at ten is what a lot of people say. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. Let's see what OKC does. With the six pick, the pick is in. Adam Silver's at the podium. I'll tell you what, real quick. Get used to seeing this OKC logo for the next like five, seven years. Oh my god! 10. Yeah, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy, the international OKC Thunder. Oh Poku, my god! Dort, Giddy. Wait a minute. This means that well, well that is a reach, dude. Uh, I respect Presty for like staying there and getting his guy, but he could have traded down and still gotten Giddy. Unless, like, I don't know. This is the whole fucking gamesmanship of the draft, right? Like, it was almost like consensus that he was going 10 to to the Grizzlies. That is... By the way, I love Giddy's game. I just hate his fit on the Grizzlies. This kid is is awesome. Um, And I, I watched his film session with Schmitz, and he's just a great kid. I really, again, like, I... Obviously, think he reaches his ceiling. He's another guy that, based on nothing, right? Like other than just like he seems like a a good kid. Also, the narrowest shoulders ever. He's like basically a, a Christmas tree. There's some teams. There's some teams that are just going to be a lot of fun to root for and just watch next year. They're not going to be any good. They're not going to be, you know, a playoff team. But I'm looking at a team like the Rockets, who are super young. I'm looking at a team like the Thunder who are super young and also have a ton of assets. Those two teams, I just want to see how those young guys gel together. I want to see how Kevin Porter, who's had a second chance in Houston, can lead a team. I'm looking to see how, like, Poku, who I had him on my fantasy team for a little bit. He he had about a, a month, month-and-a-half stretch where he was lighting it up. Uh, I'm excited to see those two teams. Australian players take anything the first out of – Giddy playing in the same league as LaMelo and arguably being more productive than him, than him and LaMelo was in Rookie of the Year. Do y'all put any stock into that at all or 
Yeah, I, I put some stock. I don't know how much. It's obviously like a better league than it's better than Division One college, like in a lot of a lot of respects. I think. Um, so yeah, I put stock in that for sure. You're still the grown men argument, right? I think a big difference though is not a lot of people or, or prospects come into the league with the confidence that Melo had, or any of the balls really had. Lamelo came in with a ton of confidence, and obviously he backed it up. Rookie of the year, he was incredible. I'm excited to see what he does next year. I don't know if Giddy has that confidence where he steps on the court and he's like, yeah, I belong here. I've worked my entire career for this exact moment. I feel like LaMelo. Golden State on the clock with picks 7 and 14. The much-discussed pick that could be traded. You know, Obviously, the Thunder aren't looking to just pick young guys and develop them right now. They're trying to maximize Steph's window, which we've seen as potentially infinite. Motherfucker was an MVP conversation last year. Clay coming back. Still got Draymond, who doesn't score anymore, but still is Draymond. You know, you hope to get players that can play now. So the theory was trade down for the dubs, get players that can play now, and, you know, leave the, the draft picks to the younger teams. What do you think the, the dubs do here? I have no idea. I would be shocked if they picked at 7-14, and 14, though. But so far, no trade. If, they, if they're taking a player, I'm thinking they're taking uh, Moses Moody or Corey Kisper because they're just ready to plug in and shoot the ball, get into that offense that um, they love to play. And they have a lot of pieces. I mean, they have a lot of pieces when healthy. They have, still have Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, um, James Wiseman. I mean, and you Seth don't Curry. Think, you don't think – And Clay uh, Thompson, I don't know. I mean, if they, if they don't trade it, then I, I could see them picking um, what about one Davion of those Mitchell? two shooters. Um, yeah, like a lot of I people mean, talk about Davion Mitchell's plug-and-play kind of guy. Yeah, Davion Mitchell. Um, I mean, because I can't really think of another ball handler who's, um, you know, really established for behind um, Steph Curry. And maybe that is a route they go. Um, Jordan Poole's there. Yeah, I mean that's 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 maybe they trade back for that pick though. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I'm interested to see. Obviously, not following any sort of Woj tweets. There could be a tweet right now that already says a trade that I could have no idea about as I talk. I'm reacting live, baby. I'm doing the shit live as as O'Reilly would do. <laughs> Great reference. Do you think this has kind of been irking me ever since? news of Clay's ACL broke last year because we kept hearing it throughout the entire season about, especially when it came to the Suns, right? Hey, this is your window. A lot of teams are going to get healthier. They're going to be back. And, you know, people kept saying the Warriors, do you think we're putting too much pressure? Maybe not pressure is the right word, but are we taking it as a given that Clay's going to come back and be Clay Thompson? Like I'm terrified that we're going to get a dollar store Clay. And that's going to be a big blow to the expectations of Warriors, uh, of the Warriors fans. Because I feel like the past two years, they're like, look, as long as we have Clay and Steph, we're fine. But are we going to get the same Clay that we know? That's a big concern, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. And Achilles, ACL, those are injuries that basically I just assume you're not going to be the same guy. But then Kevin Durant comes back this year and he's like, has a career year. <laughs> so it's, I don't fucking know is, is the answer to all injury questions. And it's so uniquely based on the player and their body and all that shit. I, I don't know. 
but I will th- I will say that if he's not, obviously Warriors fans are going to temper expectations. But if he if Clay doesn't is it Clay, they're going to be in deep, you know as you would say soup deep in deep dark places where they're scared to talk <laughs> about. They will you know they they don't want to talk about that. No. Warriors pick is in. Again, I'm not checking text. I'm not checking Twitter. I have no idea what's going to happen here. Watching Adam Silver live. Kaminga at number seven to the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors always valuing upside. Look at this outfit, they Hold on baby. to Kaminga. It's pretty amazing. I like that outfit. Also, got that Tennessee guys, orange on. I got a tough uh, – like, I've been looking at pictures of these guys from their either college or G League or whatever, like the same pictures on all these mock drafts for the past three months, and it's weird to see them in present day. Like, Kaminga looks totally different in all the pictures I've watched of him, like, the past few months. Obviously got the braids going. That suit is awesome. I love, like, the – what is it called when the button reaches over like that, when you button the suit, like, not in the middle? I don't know what that's called. You're asking the wrong guy, man. I have zero style, zero style. Like all, all. That's not true. I've seen a couple tweets. I've seen a couple Instagrams of you and your soon-to-be wife. I think you're kind of busted, man. Thank giving you. yourself not enough credit. I I appreciate that. But have you guys have you guys ever thought about you know if I was a lottery pick, if I was invited to the green room, what would my fit be? Right, like would you go conservative but classy, or would you try and be as Maybe not outlandish, but would you have fun with it? Mason, I want to know the answer to, to your opinion on this. I would be in in some type of suit, but I'd be swagged out, probably have some Air Jordan 1s on my feet. Um, probably a dark, like, navy color suit with some pinstripe action. Uh, would definitely have a big chain on and a nice watch. Um, no shades, no shades for me. Um, but yeah, something along those lines. Let me guys ask you this, actually. What are your thoughts on dress shoes without socks? You guys, you guys know what look I'm talking about? Yeah, it, it's important to show off the ankles. You've got good ankles. Like It's like Johnny Drama with his calves, but it's your ankles instead. And I, I think it's key to have the right type of loafers or dress shoe. But as long as your suit pants are tailored to the point where they're tapered, and show off that little bit of ankle, then you're in good shape. Polar opposite of what T-Mac was, was wearing in the studio that one day. Correct. correct. Like, just run the opposite <laughs> direction of that. Yeah, I, I think, Sam, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, it's got to be the right outfit and the right shoes. Pants got to fit just right. But, yeah, I think it can be done, and I think a lot of people can pull it off. More people than uh, probably think that they can pull it off. So going back to what I had said at the top of the program about how there's just a ton of G-leaguers and international players. Basically, I'm going to lump them in as non-college guys, right? How many do we have right now off the board or that have been picked, either G-league or international? So you got Green, Giddy, uh, and uh, Kaminga. Kaminga. Kaminga, three. Three out of the top seven, right? I mean, obviously, the, immediately, the Ignite is a fucking huge success, right? Like, you get two top ten picks for guys that went college. And ha- even Kaminga's case had, like, a questionable season. 
like, and he still gets drafted. So it's, you know, it, it, it's a, obviously a success and it's not going to stop kids from going. That new rule about the NIL is, is huge. It really is. Cause if they were still stringent on that steadfast, like you had mentioned, really what is stopping from any, basically what college would have had to do college game would have had to bank on the nostalgia aspect or, you know, you get to be with students or, you know, you're playing in front of this huge crowd uh, outside of that. Uh, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're grasping at straws in terms of benefits over like the G league or international. Right. I mean, you basically have to be a kid who comes from some sort of circumstance where there isn't a need to immediately get money, you know, like you had to be like a, a, like a lot of the Duke guys, honestly. Um, the Wagners, uh, you, you get it. Like, you know, I, I just think you know, obviously it evens the playing field a little bit. We'll see what happens like long term, but Ignite's still going to Ignite. Magic pick in, pick eight, see who they pair with sucks. Man, if that Kaminga pick hits, that could be big time for the rest of Steph's tenure with the Warriors. But, so- Magic sweat Franz Wagner, who I fell in love with today. Wagner, diehard villain. <laughs> Papa Wagner's pretty awesome. Are you doing all right? He's like Sam? such a classy like, German guy. I feel like you're taking <laughs> some body shots. Uh... I am. No, I am like quite literally nothing. I mean, surprising things have happened, but nothing in like the top five sand things have happened. Uh, I mean, Moses Moody's still on the board. If Mo- Moody gets taken at nine, though, I'm going to be pretty sad. Yeah. I like but I guess that, that quite a bit. I guess that leaves Book Knight, who I also who I also like. Uh, wait, okay. So Grizzlies sitting at pick pick ten, assuming they don't move up to nine. Sacramento shopping nine. Or do we do we prefer Moody or Book Knight? I mean, I I think I would rather have Moody, but just because I think he could slide slide in as a starter and I don't think the same for Book Knight. I think he's gonna be your forever six man, uh, as long as John Morant's here, which is fine. You need someone like that to go where the Grizzlies wanna go. But I, I think I just like the fit with Moody Brothers Wagner, both in Orlando as well. I'm sure oh, Mo's pretty That's thrilled cool. about that. Yeah. I gotta say, yep. man, the Magic totally just changed their team with these two. Fans. Oh yeah, the, the, these guys together are like plus fifteen wins on a season potentially. I mean, just in year one, I really feel that way about not only their individual skill but their fit together. Like, what what a, a Magic thought they were going to have potentially two top five picks kind of gets not, like burned a little bit by the the lottery gods, and now are potentially have two of my top favorite guys in the top 10 it's it's really good stuff for them i i appreciate that for them they're third in my stable all right these are my three young stables my three my three young horses i should say magic thunder rockets i don't think any of them either of them or any of them are going to be any good but they're going to be a ton of fun to watch so what's the deal with healed here like so, he did he because the Westbrook trade healed is no longer a possibility to Lakers. So what, what we're just talking about? What what do we know about this? I don't know, but you you hearken back to this uh, the Scotty Barnes thing. Like oh shit, I'm gonna go to Orlando. Oh never mind, I'm in Toronto. What do you think about Buddy Healed? 
Buddy Hill's probably like, hell yeah, I get to go to L.A. I'm going to be playing with LeBron. And then out of nowhere, the Wizards sweep in and and make that trade. So I don't, I don't think Buddy's moving, or at least he's not going to the Lakers. Doesn't seem like he's going to the Lakers unless they can seriously clear out some cash base because Buddy Love got that big contract. Um, all right, so real quick, what, what do Jeremiah Mason, what would be the worst possible Grizz pick? Like, what, what would be, like, the worst possible reasonable Grizz pick at 10? Like, we like Moody, we like Book Knight, like, we like Kispert okay, but what would be one, and you'd be like, oh, fuck. Garuba? <laughs> I think that would make me say, oh, fuck. You think that's a reasonable reach, though? A lot of people like him, though. If Zach's in the draft room, it is. <laughs> so true. I was thinking Keon Johnson a little bit. I could kind of see it, but I'd kind of be like, oh, shit. This is like four years before this guy matters. Like, you know, like you just know right off the bat. Uh, and maybe, I don't know. I I have no idea what's going to happen, bro. Zach, you still on childcare duty or we? How, how do you feel about Kispert? I, I'm not going to pretend like I watched a bunch of Gonzaga games. So I, I I'm out on Kispert. Kispert. I mean, you and Sue. <laughs> Man, that's me. <laughs> Sue made because of the tournament performance, I guess. <laughs> Pretty. Uh, I mean, he's obviously like. Yeah, he wasn't very good. Is that, is, yeah, he, he's incredible sniper. Like we know that he's six seven, plug and play twenty two. Actually, sneaky athletic. He's got like the Patty Connaughton level athleticism. Like, I mean, I think his floor is Patty Connaughton, uh, who obviously played a meaningful role in a finals team, and his his ceiling is is like super Joe Harris. I know that's like. It really plays similar, though. I know it's like comparing white guys to white guys, but it, uh, it's just it's just how he plays. He's he's not a good rebounder, which I don't like from the wing position. Uh, but he's a pretty smart defender, as all white like high few white guys are, I guess. Um, and he also moves really well without the ball, which is my favorite thing about him. A lot of Grizzlies possessions we saw Mason. It's like jaw dribbling at the top of the key, calls for the screen, two guys in the corner. It's just like the same old song and dance of like a JV jaw pick and roll with nothing. No nuance, right? And I think Kispert is really smart with moving out the ball, which I think is an important criteria that the Grizzlies could use. How much better is he than Grayson Allen, do you think? Oh, he's he's closer to Bain than Grayson Allen. Like, it, it's questionable whether him or Bain would be better. Um, Bain obviously showed us he's already good in the NBA. We've seen it. Uh, Kispert, you hope, is better than Bain. But that's, the, that's more the comp is like a Bain, like – you know, even a, a plus Bane sort of player, like a guy who can defend two through four, just an absolute sniper, like a plus 40% shooter his rookie year. And also just going to do the little things to help you win kind of stuff. King's decision is in. Adam Silver approaches the podium. King's at pick nine. Book Knight on the board. Moses Moody on the board. Are they going to Kangs? Davion Mitchell. I love it. I love it. I love Davion Mitchell, man. He's a complete dog. Complete dog. And awesome nickname, too. Have you guys heard his nickname? No. It's off night. Because everyone that he defends has an off night. Oh, my God. It's incredible. I agree. Yeah. So the, the, the knock on him is only his measurables. It's that he's six foot without shoes on, 
and has like a six four wing. Epi- oh, look at that! Epitome, epitome of not the size of the dog in the fight. Size of the fight in the dog. That I actually love this Mitchell. pick for the for the Kings. They're clearly getting dogs. Like you got like a you got like kind of a nuanced player last year. You got like a De'Aaron Fox. I I, I really like this pick. I mean, I think you can play Halliburton at a three. Like a three guard lineup. Obviously, they're going to move off healed. Seems like I like the pick, man. Um, shit, man. That means the Grizzlies can fucking get Book Knight. Yeah, I, I also like Book Knight. Creator. Who's who's uh, who's playing point for you guys right now? Is that is that Jaw or is he a shooting guard? Like what is? No, Jaw, man. Jaw. Okay. Who's who's playing shooting guard then? Grayson played a lot of shooting guard this past season. Usually Dylan at the three. So I think, I think, like the floor is what Mason said, just like a Jordan Crawford or a Jordan Clarkson off the bench, CBG. But I mean, I think that that, that Book Knight could be a starting two guard, like work with Ja. Not unlike, not unlike how Suggs could work. A little undersized, but bouncy as fuck. Give me Book Knight. This Book Knight's my my desired pick. How do we feel, Mason? Who do you want here? And, Jer- and Jeremiah. So I'm feeling we still got Moody on the board. It's uh, it's tough to like pass him up. That's kind of someone that's been circled, I think, since even like last year for the Grizzlies as someone who would be able to fit right in. Seven foot wingspan, so he can shoot over a ton of people. Shot like 36 percent from three in college. Pretty decent passer and like a good team defender as well. So he's not going to be like your I, – I think his role, depending on how Jaron, you know, progresses, he could play a definite role on this team. Like I could see him and Dylan trading off, having huge nights, uh, and like let Ja just kind of create a little bit more instead of having to score 40 points a game in the playoffs. It's, it's the school of two thoughts, too. You've got Book Knight, who is objectively – oh, we got a proposed trade here. Well, are they actually announcing the trade? Um, that we already know about, probably. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you got Book Knight, who's a higher ceiling. You know, the guy that could potentially be an all-star. The guy that could, like, just make buckets all over the court, just create his own shot, and kind of be a... Um, you know, like, we're always looking for that, like, wing score. And then you got Moody, who's a little bit more of, like, a um, a guy who's, like, going to catch off the... Sh- uh, uh, shoot off the catch, who's going to rebound, going to do all the little stuff. Jacob... I think Jacob Howard wants to join. Jacob Howard, absolutely in in right now the live draft show, first appearance on a Barburner podcast. What do you got, Jacob? Who the Grizz is taking? How about your Wizards, Jacob? Wait a minute, my guy invited himself to speak, and then he's just going to go silent. That's pretty typical, honestly. <laughs> um, Mason, you- who are you taking? I want to hear from Jeremiah. Jer- uh, I'm happy with Moses Moody. I'm happy with um, Duarte. And I'm happy with um, Corey Kispert, honestly. Uh, you know, you just got to think, you know, Josh's going to drive it in. We're always tossing it to that corner. I want to... Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, Sue, can you I, tell me why I should not like Trey Mann a lot? 
just from like watching his film and scouting, I really like Trey Mann. But tell me why in. I shouldn't. Hang on, pick us in for the Grizzlies. What right the? Now. We got <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, no. That, oh, shit. Let's go. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, no. We what love Zaire. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm not going to lie. Zaire, swing, Williams, huh? Zaire was supposed to lead Stanford to their first tournament berth in I don't know how long. I'm not going to lie. I love this kid. As they I'm did have some COVID earlier. issues, though. I'll say that. Stanford had some COVID issues. They, they weren't able to, able to play in their home gym for a while. But this oh is my God. very inty. Very inty. Wow, I mean, that's our guy, huh? That's who we moved up for. That's who we wanted. Had to be, right? It is. It is. And there's been a lot of talk about he was going to go much higher than – we wanted him at 17, right? And, like, we knew he wasn't going to get there, so we moved up to get him. This kid, I mean – he is the archetype of the wing score. He's the archetype of the wing defender. He's like every bit of six nine, insanely long. I mean, like you know, I'm big on like he's got two military parents. Like he's just an insanely huge family kid, and smart as hell, high IQ. I, I don't know. I I think he reaches what it is that everyone thought he was going to be at Stanford. He was Stanford's like best recruit and I don't know how long I mean he, he was a top five recruit I think I think there's there's I, 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 I like a lot of the comps are going to be like a Brandon Ingram type like a rangy guy that could just get buckets wherever um I was I like I like the reach I'm excited about it I really am but I'm surprised as hell I really am there's no Jacob what do you think this dude shoots like ass. About oh, God. <laughs> it's okay. Can we go to Zach for a second? No, no, no. no. Zach, He's dude shot like himself. ass during one season at Stanford. And the shot's not broke. Like, it's obviously like a – he can shoot well, and everyone thought he was going to be a sniper. He had a bad season. Why is Booknight considered a good shooter and Zaire isn't? I mean, well, I none of the mocks had him anywhere near that, I don't feel like. And of all the players the Grizzlies were linked to, he wasn't one. You want to talk about well, – not once was Zaire Williams linked with the Grizzlies outside of, like, us blog boys. What a what a smokescreen that this new Grizzlies front office likes to put up. I mean, I'm going to be at Summer League in a couple weeks, be kind of rubbing elbows with, you know, the NBA elite. Might get hired by a front office, so you guys, you know, might have to carry on the podcast. But – you know, I might try to track down Zach Klein and, and get some insight into this pick. Just a shred of rationale. That's all. Hey, you guys want to play a really fun, quick game? A really quick, fun game, I should say, as we're at break. I got this little uh, this grid, okay? It's of all of the – courtesy of our good friend and listener, Brendan Brady O'Rourke. It's a list – going back to 07 of all the lottery picks and if they're unrostered or inactive on a different team or if they're on the same team that drafted them all the lottery picks from 19 and 20 are still with their same team there's two players from the 2018 draft that are no longer on their same on the team that drafted them 
Can you name them? Lottery picks. Are we not? Are we including like the Luca Trace trade? No, no, not like, they were drafted. No, by. they like okay. they played for this team. Lottery picks. Uh, oh, uh, Kevin Porter. Is he won. No, he he is not. Although he should be. This graph might be incorrect because Porter is listed. He got picked at fourteen, right? And says right. He's still with the same team that drafted them. Yeah, that's incorrect. But, yeah, I'll give that to you. Correct. For you. There's two others. In 2018, okay, that is not <laughs> Hunter, not, not Reddish. I'm trying to think about it. it was like, I mean, not Mo Bamba. Uh, anyone else got anything here? I'll give you the hint. One is actually very good. And I actually don't understand why he keeps getting passed around or has been passed around or even linked in trade rumors. He's Shea a very... Alexander. There you go. SGA. That guy can fucking poop. The other one is a big man <laughs> who's in Orlando, actually. And he kind of uh, fell uh, off. Wendell oh, Carter? Dude. Yeah, Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter. So I saw the name Carter, and I was like... Did Javon Carter get taken in the lottery? Heck I was like, no. I forgot no. about Wendell. My guy uh, got traded, though. And then... Got traded to the Nets. Before we get back to the draft, there's one player from 18 in the lottery who is straight-up inactive, unrostered. Who is that player? What's the question? There is a lottery pick from 2018 who is not on an NBA roster now. Ooh, that's tough. Um, what team drafted him? I think the Thunder did. Let me confirm that. Hang on. Uh, no, the Clippers did. Sorry, the, Cl- the Clippers did. The Clippers did. Oh, uh, Magruder? No. Who was the other? I don't fucking know. It was Jerome Robinson. You guys remember him out of BC? Yeah. Now imagine if the Clippers actually made a worthwhile pick there. It's almost like that person could have helped them in the Western (laughs) Conference Finals. I suppose they made up with it in second rounder Terrence Mann. Guys, we just chose Zaire Williams at 10. I love that. Yeah, that's that's wild. But I mean, that that's their guy. They had a plan and they executed. Like I was saying earlier, I think we all trust this front office. So let's get it. Zach's just going to be like a wait a minute, Zach. You're a guy who who celebrates JV's empty calorie stats, but then it's going <laughs> to harp on a young man's shooting percentage while at Stanford, away from his family, while his parents have COVID. Is that what? Is that what you're going to do? Uh, it's a lot of the shot decisions uh, and offensive decisions as well. How just like the – just a one-man wrecking ball pretty much. Well, would, would, the fact that Dylan plays such conservative basketball means that we can have a guy like that, right? Oh, yeah. This is going to get how, – <laughs> how, many, how many shots a game does he need? That could actually be pretty uh, – 
entertaining to watch while they figure that out. It's going to be pretty uh, goofy. What the fuck was all the book night stuff? There's been so many tweets about book night rising, book night. Is that all smokescreen? I feel like I'm in the middle of the Americans, man. A lot of good theater references out of you today, Chief. You know what I do, Sue? You know what I do? Oh, book night. Oh, man. Talk about a running mate with LaMelo. I'll tell you what. Actually, MJ, MJ likes his UConn point guards. MJ loves his, like, short guards. I mean, is this guy any different than Malik Monk, really, to some degree? I mean, I know I was talking about how great he was earlier. But now, because we chose Zaire, I don't like him anymore. Brooklyn, a lot of people talk about he plays like a New York basketball player. New York basketball player played at UConn on Charlotte. I mean, he he has to pretty much just become a undersized. Just has to become a Kemba, <laughs> without a doubt. Mason, do the Grizzlies trade up back into the first round, for example, to get Moses Moody? Now that Moses Moody is sliding, uh, I wouldn't put it past them. We have the assets to do so. We have. Players who are on valuable value contracts who can play in the NBA as rotation players, uh, I, and we're building for the future. So I think that's a definite possibility. Hey, also, Chief, we're idiots. Twenty eighteen at fourteen, the Porter that is in in question is Michael Michael Porter yeah, Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Kevin Porter got drafted at like thirty in nineteen. So oh, I thought you. I, I legitimately thought. I legitimately thought he was in 2018 and in the lottery. No, you're, I, I mean, think, I, uh, I panicked and got it wrong, but this grid is correct. So, Sam, we were because we were trying to take uh, we were trying to take MPJ at the fourth pick. We, we didn't think he'd fall that far. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I thought he was much higher. And honestly, like we weren't wrong, but also his back might have flared up, so we might be might be right again. I don't know. I mean, are, are you down to trade up? Good, you- good thing we didn't pick someone who has injury issues so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Zaire Williams, might, Zach may hate him personally. Might hate like everything he stands for, like Zach does. But he plays basketball games. And he actually like stands on the court. He doesn't take you know entire seasons off to rehab injury. Um, so, yeah, that's great. Big fan of his already. All right, so I got a second-round guy who, if he's still around for the Grizzlies that I would like to see, is Kessler Edwards out of Pepperdine. I think he would be – he could be around then. I think that would be an interesting guy to add, uh, add to the Grizzlies. a deep cut for you, man. Like, can't draft yeah, Pepperdine. I, I, Pepperdine. Was, I was like – Jacob! I think oh, my man. microphone's working now. Yeah. Jacob, how do you feel about the Zaire Williams pick? Oh, I feel great about it. I feel great. Unlike, I mean, if Zach is opposed, I'm for it. Good. I no, that. I don't. I actually mean, I just know. need like the evening to process, and then tomorrow I'll give you ten reasons why it was an amazing pick. So <laughs> do I don't actually know period. anything. We need a wing, a, so it's good. We're just a propaganda machine at the Barber. We just like <laughs> we're gonna sell. We're gonna sell whatever the Grizzlies do is like go- absolute gospel. There really is no point in being pessimistic on draft night, right? Even if you – the initial shock, you just sort of have to go through the process of, well, you know what? You do. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let me tell you why this will work. 
what is the most absurd talking yourself into situation have you encountered as a Celtic fan? Probably Gershon. Was it Grant Williams? No, it was it was Yavaselli. Yavaselli at like fifteen or sixteen. I'm like, Danny, dude, this guy has a bigger ass than me. Uh, he uh, not not very good tape from France. That one, I was like, oh, I don't know what else to do. Like even Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk was probably the worst, just in terms of who was drafted before him. Cough, cough. A uh, guy named Giannis, but Yavaselli was probably the one where I was like. I don't even know who this guy is. And that's probably on me for not doing much much prep, but definitely. And, and how did his career go? Uh, well, I think he played three or four years on the bench, and now he's back overseas. I actually saw him this morning uh, in an Olympic game. I, France was playing someone. I forget who. Good for him. How about yours? Uh, probably, uh, probably the the grind son. Um, what the fuck was his name? From uh, is that Franklin? Yeah, Jamal Franklin. Was that Jamal Franklin? Oh, the SDSU yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like this guy is going to be a dog defender. To uh, Tony Allen, take him under his tutelage. You know, tall guard. And uh, out of the league in like two years, and no idea where he is now. We had an interview with David Miller, current assistant coach at San Jose State, former Arizona assistant coach. And I asked him, you know, who were some of the toughest teams to prepare against, scout against? And the first thing he said was those San Diego State teams. I think he had mentioned like a Jamal Franklin, Chase Tapley, those guys. So I mean I remember Jamal Franklin. He was he was a dog, and th- those entire Steve Fisher Aztec teams were. I mean they, they they would give you hell defensively. This is why we have you on because you're going to reference a Steve Fisher Aztec team and like a few other players on those like early 2010 San Diego State teams or New Mexico State. This is why you're here. This is what you bring. Well, I appreciate the invite, fellas. Thank you. Where's Jeremiah, Duarte? How you feeling about the Z- how you feeling about the Zaire Williams pick? Like I like quiet. the Zaire Williams pick. Um, yesterday, I really just wanted to compare to compare all the players. So, I mean, I went kind of crazy. Like, I had to like all your get off the computer. Yeah, I had to get off yeah. the computer looking at these like these guys, those guys in that range. You know, even some guys who haven't been taken yet. Um, but I really like um, Zaire Williams. I mean, he he looks like. Um, he could be like a Brandon Ingram type player, like with his body size, but how he uses it, um, he's long. I mean, and he has like, he just has quick steps. And I um, mean, he, good shooting mechanics. And I mean, he seems to have a um, good in- instinct, good feel for the game. I think, I think he's going to reach, talk about this all the time. I think he's going to reach whatever it is his ceiling is going to be I, he's a he loves playing basketball i watched it wait let's see what the spurs do primo what the fuck shocked that whoa is a, that's uh that's that a projected first rounder that's a, a lot of mocks had him right in a second there. that is an unbelievable wow. pick 
I didn't have him anywhere near that at all. At what point do we stop with the, oh, well, it's the Spurs. They'll turn him into someone awesome. Like they've had an an unprecedented run of success, clearly, right? But the past couple of years, they've just been mediocre. I mean, they they get get, get guards that are like, this guy has, oh, man. This guy has like one play a game. It's like unbelievable. But he's not even the best player on his own team. (laughs) True. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, Herb Jones is in the draft, isn't he? Yeah, Mason can't finish at the rim. Good three point shooter, but can't finish at the rim. Like Mason assist to turnover ratio. Unbelievable! Who the fuck is that? (laughs) Alabama dude. I got to think something got lost in translation or something from Pop all the way in Tokyo. (laughs) Brooks and Brooks talking to. Pop Primo. Was, he was talking about how good everyone is internationally and how like everyone's really competitive these days and that we don't blow anyone out. And he accidentally like <laughs> said something that rhymed with Primo. And they're like, oh, he's the six in. This team's a lot of Primo Donnas. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Primo, you got it. We're Pop, sharp how's that wine? Primo. We're, sh- we're sharp tonight. <laughs> that's, a, that's wild. These last two picks, I mean, no mock draft had – had either of these guys this soon. I'm telling you right now, we, we need to – there's so many good guys left on the board that we could trade back in to get. Or are those teams like, holy shit, we could get fucking Moses Moody at like pick 20 right now. Hmm. I'm, and Trey well, Murphy. Herring, Chris Harrington says that it sounds like Memphis's intention is to keep Zaire. Good. I, might, I might be disappointed. I I said at the beginning I want Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He the way this draft is going, he might be picked next. You guys are gonna get Kispert. <laughs> we might get Kispert. When, All right. when is freaking uh JT Thor is gonna hop up here real quick somehow? Oh JT Thor's another like primo esque sort of like late first draft darling. Yeah, I'm not I the I'm fuck are the Pacers gonna do? They're trying to win now. I would There's pick no Isaiah Todd. I think he's a kind of interesting player. There's like, no way that the Pacers keep this pick, right? Like, they got Carlisle, who's grumpy and wants to win. Well, yeah, but how are they going to I mean, they got I, mean, I guess they got Brogdon. On. I just feel like I've heard the same trade rumors with the Pacers centered around TJ Warren. He's unhappy and, like, Miles Turner. Like, do something, man. Get out of mediocrity. Primo, you guys, huh? What, what, <laughs> a, crazy. what a strange turn of events. Like, we still got Shangoon. So who's who's still left on the board that projected to be gone so far? Duarte, maybe? I don't no, know. Maybe maybe Duarte, Kispert still available. Yeah, Moody. Butler, Murphy, Garuba, the Tennessee Sharif, guys, the Tennessee yeah, guys, Johnson. Cam Thomas, Josh Christopher, Jalen Johnson, so like another big swing type of player. Jackson, we really haven't seen any, so outside of Mobley, any bigs really been drafted? No, think. I don't think so. It's like no one is even touching that with the 10-foot pole. 
Yeah, but I mean, so, I mean, somebody's going to be sitting in the green room for longer than they expected mm-hmm. tonight after Zaire and Primo. The bowl bowl treatment. Yeah. Who's the biggest faller so far? Is it Kispert and Moody? Those, those are the two biggest fallers so far? Probably Moody. I think Moody's still on the number one of whatever the Schmidt list is, Schmidt list is on uh, on the broadcast here. Um or Keon Johnson might be too. I mean, Keon Johnson's a guy like this is a perfect position to get him. I don't know about for the, the Pacers or Warriors, but he's like a classic high upside guy. The Shark loves Keon Johnson. I'm trying to I'm trying to massage him out of getting excited about recruits. They just break your heart, man. Like, yeah, Keon Johnson was awesome. Like, what what did he do for him, though, last year? Yeah, you, I mean, you know, Arizona's had a lot of good NBA guys, like high-level recruits. Memphis has had a lot as well. and But Boston yeah. College and Tennessee have not, so he's okay. still getting used to it. I, I'm just saying I'm speaking directly from experience about heartbreak. No, I I, I, I hear you. Like, it's, it's not worth assuming they're going to live up to that number next to their name. Yep. I mean, Golden State's got to be shopping 14 at this moment, right? Absolutely. And and we 100% should be offering anyone on our team except for John Jaron. Kyle, maybe, Kyle, maybe somebody they would want as a backup Draymond. I, Kyle, that's Brandon Clark. Brandon, Brandon Clark's the one that they like. I would trade Brandon Clark for 14 in a fucking heartbeat. Chris Duarte. Heart, yeah. There he is. Duarte, Duarte played himself up into this position based on his postseason run last year. He was awesome. And, and I think he's got a Dylan Brooks to thank, you know, putting Oregon, Hell yeah. you know, you know, with light-skinned Oregon players on the map. <laughs> it, it's not – I mean, seriously, it's not – it really is like kind of a similar deal. And the thing about Duarte, besides everyone talks about, okay, 24, play right away, incredible shooter – um, again, while I was talking about Kispert, this fucking guy moves without the ball. Like, he just does not stand in the corner and waits for his catch-and-shoot three. He is always moving. And that's something that not a lot of guys do in the league, like, as much as, you know, like that many games, it's tough. But All right, we got to trade for Moody or Kispert or even Keon Johnson at 14. Who, who did the Warriors take earlier? They took Kaminga. They took the shot. Now they want to get the safe guy. And Duarte was already taken. Because the safest guy on the board is Kispert. Um, and or Moody. Moody. They could just take, take two wings and have them battle it out. I would take Kispert. God, that'd be Sorry, freaking man. annoying if they got both my. Look how There's crazy no way. There's no way those two picks make it through until the lot, the rosters are locked, right? Like, surely they deal. Y'all see this uh, oldest first-round pick yeah. stat? Shout out to Melvin at, Eli. Melvin Eli. I was just about to bring that up, man. How crazy is it looking at those top three guys? Right? Matumbo, Magic. I'm surprised, like, so how did How did Duarte end up being 24? What's the, like, what's his backstory? 
I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, well, I think he played some <laughs> JUCO. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I, I, I think he played some JUCO as well. And you have, look, he's no Charlie Moore. Also, you guys might be a little delayed, but Zaza in the building. I keep forgetting he's in the Warriors front office. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Game seven, baby. Game seven. Look at that guy with his leg up on the – that guy's fucking chilling. Wow, that's a power move. Can you look how many white guys can be in one room together? The Silicon Valley. It's tough. <laughs> Damn, so they rewarded Zaza for uh, taking Kawhi out of that series on their way to a championship. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah, have a salary. That was his resume. When he applied for the job, it's crazy that they created an entire foul too. I mean, not crazy, but it's like what a wild player to be involved in that. I can't believe we haven't even talked about the the new rule that's limiting players from like non basketball motion. Basically, the Harden rule we're calling it. I'm pretty thrilled about that, dude. I I don't think that Harden is actually that aggressive. I think he just. I, I, I'm. Look, I'm not even. I'm not blasting. Trey Young. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not blasting Harden. Like, do what you got to do to get the call. But I'm. I'm glad. Hopefully, it's getting phased out. Can we also talk about how Adrian Wojnarowski is a television presence merely because of how incredible he is at getting gossip? But like, there's no way that guy's on like TV with ESPN if he doesn't have the relationships he has, right? Do we think he's good on TV? I'm not saying I would be him. Moses, dude, you like that cut? Good lineup. Good I don't mind, Woj. I suppose that transition happened, like, without us looking. It probably happened during contract time when you said, hey, put my ass on TV or I'm going to Yahoo or Stadium or somewhere else. Probably true. Probably true. Moses Moody's trying not to be upset. I would be too. Like all these fucking blog boys like us are talking about him going seven. All right, Warriors picking. Fuck the Warriors. Oh fuck. <laughs> if you're him, you gotta be pretty excited yeah. about that. And that's no brainer. That, right. That's a good fit, right? There. I like that pick for them. Not for me, but not for them. <laughs> Steph probably pretty cool with it. Oh, his dad taught him how to play basketball. You know cool what, fun fact there. I, I feel like, you know, that's yeah, like or whatever. Is but, that his, him boxing? Nice. Yeah. But I feel like there's so many dads these days, which is cool, you know? Like, I'm not trying to be all like, I don't know. Just, it's, it's, I feel like there's always a dad there taught, who like taught him the game and is like basically his trainer. I don't know. I, I don't know if that was always the case. I did watch the draft 20 years ago. I mean, if you're the Warriors, this was a no brainer, right? There's no way they thought he was going to fall in their lap at 14. And at this point, you just say, let's not overthink this, get the best player available. 
Him and Davion Mitchell are two dogs. Those guys get after it. Man, and there's been hardly any trades. Like, that's been surprisingly well. And then he, Moses Moody, he's gone before 17, so, you know. That's true. That's true. We couldn't feel – He's starting I mean, to get we, into a tier. Like, all those guys in that tier are starting to drop off. I agree. Yeah, like, I'm still very happy with the move up. Like, where do we stand now? Keon Johnson's the best player on the board. Who's the best player on the board? Singoon? Could be Zach, Zach would have picked Sagoon if he was picking number one. I, you know, honestly, I was not not into Shangoon. He wasn't someone that like really stuck out to me. I mean, yes, I appreciate his game and stuff, but for if I was running an NBA team, not the guy I'd be looking to add. Garuba is your guy. I, I mean, I wouldn't take him super high, but like I think he's going to be a good NBA player. I think really versatile on defense, and he's big. I, I'm pretty excited to watch him play. Got a glimpse Not of someone him, that I would take, like, yeah, you got to at least be in the 20s with, like, some of the really versatile wings gone. And I think he might be able to slide in there, but I, I wouldn't have taken him, like, in the lottery or anything. I had as a much as a, a fan of, upon discovering him. We finished the lottery. Do we want to keep rolling? Do we want to hang up the call and watch the rest of the draft? I'm open to whatever. I'm open to whatever the group wants to do. Well, I got a lovely falafel dinner waiting for me, so I'm going to have to drop, fella. It's been great. It's been great. It's been the Barnburner Podcast Network, NBA Draft Show, Subi, Jeremiah, Mason, Zach. Enjoying some time hanging out, a little Jacob Howard appearance. And uh, Tyre Williams. Suiting up for your Memphis Grizzlies next year. All right, boys. Have a good rest of the draft. Thanks, guys.